Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is the one hour photo podcast by Studio C41 and uh, we are doing a crossover episode. This is the first of this ever happening. Uh, We have the Negative Positives crew, Andre Dominguez and Mike Gutterman. Uh, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Doing well, Mike. Uh, and Bill. <laughs> See, I'm already not First gap, right off the bat. I go default <laughs> to Mike <laughs> if we're recording. No, no, I'm doing good. I just got back home from work. I poured myself a nice little uh, Canadian whiskey, actually, now that Brian Ooh. is back from his wedding. <laughs> and excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, Mr. Gutterman, how are you, man? I'm doing awesome, Bill. Thanks for having me on, and uh, and cheers. So, oh, uh, and I, speaking yeah, of yeah. which, hold on a second. So, um, <laughs> as you can see here, we got a little bit there of Kentucky Ooh. bourbon ale. Um, this is actually so for our uh, British followers and listeners. I am a huge fan of Innis and Gun, and Innis and Gun is a uh, bourbon uh, or whiskey, I believe. Uh, uh, beer where the beer is kept in the uh bourbon barrels Mm -hmm. unfortunately i cannot find that anywhere now so um so i started looking around and i came across uh this one l yes Yes. that's made in lexington kentucky so yeah Mm -hmm. so uh cheers gentlemen cheers (laughs) cheers guys (laughs) all right well the alcohol is in us now, so um, <laughs> parents, uh, go ahead and put your kids to bed because, um, you know what, I am not responsible for what happens. So, um, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so I said that uh, we may or may not, I don't ne- necessarily um, do profanity on the show or anything along those lines, but, um, you know, rules are broken here, so... Uh, I'm totally okay with that. So honestly, parents, watch out. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to do our best to be. Good no, it's here. all good, man. It's all good. So good luck when you have the grainy days, guys. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. You know, it's uh, I can't remember somebody was complaining about the profanity of those guys. Honestly, uh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, uh, there's a saying that people that um cuss a lot um are the most honest and truthful people so you know <laughs> that's totally cool with me so i've also heard that i uh, never trust a guy that doesn't drink so i think we're all we're good we're all we're all covered now so <laughs> awesome all right so um let's dive into it um how the hell did this thing start Hmm. Uh, mike <laughs> yeah well um i had just uh, kind of returned back into film and uh, had been back into it for a year or so, I guess, maybe. And uh, I had found the FPP, of course, as everybody does when they return to film photography. I had spent several years shooting digital and kind of had lost my love of photography and the passion for it. But then when I got back into film, it really, you know, uh, it really uh, kind of took off again. And so I started listening to the FPP. And the, the problem was, like, you know, 
I was kind of alone on this little island. I didn't know any other film shooters. So I felt like, well, I just I want to talk about film with people. And there's only so much my wife can take before, you know, her eyes start to glaze over every time I mention sure. film photography, you know. So, I'm right there with you, I, man. <laughs> so then, like, you know, the, then I found out about the Anchor app. And uh, so the, the idea of, of doing a podcast kind of had, had kind of uh, – I'd been thinking about it. But then the Anchor app came out, which made it free to uh, to try. And I didn't need any equipment at the at, at the time. All you had to do is talk into your phone and su submit it. And it would do every, all the work for you and didn't cost you a dime. So I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. And, and really, I just started finding that uh, – uh, I just kept throwing a ton of podcasts out there, like probably too many at times, like four or five, six a week, <laughs> sometimes two a night. <laughs> wow. So, let's, let's remember the fact that back in those days, Anchor, uh, had it so that you, you could record 15 minute max in five minute increments. So wow. yeah. Yeah. So there's was, definitely a, a quantity versus quality right. <laughs> debate, True. which still True. goes on to this day, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, <laughs> but it is, you know, much more kind of reasonable that you got, what, like 75 episodes in before I joined? I think it was something like that. Yeah. And most yeah. of them were just 15 minute quick hitters and stuff like that. And and actually, in a way, I did kind of like that structured. It probably well, I would like to say it kept me more on track and I didn't ramble as much, but that's not, that's not true. Cause most of the time I, I had alcohol in me and I did ramble too much, but, but the, uh, <laughs> but, but the nice thing about the five minute segments, it did kind of keep you focused on this five minutes. I'm going to talk about this, this five minutes. And like, but the only thing was like, while you were recording, uh, as it got to five minutes, your screen would start like glowing red, like you're running out of time and you'd be like, you'd be like midpoint and it would kind of like screw up your, your thought process of where you're at. And like, so a lot of times you'll hear some rushed final closing thoughts at the end of a five minutes <laughs> segment where I'm just trying to get it in. But, uh, and it was, it was pretty low budget, man. I used to, yeah. uh, just play a, uh, uh, stereo here in the, in the, the gutter man cave, which is just the glorified name of my garage. But, uh, I used to play this, uh, this music through a stereo that was my music backing track you know and uh, and so uh uh and you know it just finally uh and then this uh this 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 young whippersnapper <laughs> my first uh first call into the show i believe i think it was the first official person to call in because the thing about the anchor app is you can call in uh like a one minute message to the podcast yeah. and you can it's easy for that person uh, the content creator to insert that into the show or whatever and uh so this uh this punk calls me one time uh <laughs> and uh yeah and that's that's where it started. So I don't know, maybe Andre, you should, should go from there. But uh, uh, Well, I'll, I'll pick up where you left off, Mike. <laughs> um, yes, uh, this, this uh, self, I mean, I would not say self-described. Uh, whereas Mike calls me a punk. I was, you know, but a wee business administration student at the University of North Carolina. I uh, just gotten back from uh, the semester that I had to take off because of my open heart surgery. Uh kind of having time off of school and just sort of trying to recover and spending a lot of time sitting in, in bed with just everything hurting mm. really made me kind of dive deep into the, the film photography podcast that I had not had a chance yet to listen to that much. So I kind of got through most of the FPP backlog uh, wow. and just was consuming them at a rate uh that that I've never been able to match since. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of episodes, dude. A lot of episodes. And, <laughs> wow. and, you know, trying out different things and looking for different podcasting apps that fit me best. When I found the Anchor app, uh, I really enjoyed the fact that it was these kind of short little 15-minute uh, segments. Like Mike said, uh, sent in a, a call-in and we, we ended up just becoming friends. And at, at one point... <laughs> 
I think Mike may have been tired of doing it solo and said, uh, you know, why don't why don't we start doing this together? And I guess as they say, uh, the the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. It took we used to talk on the phone quite a bit uh, for hours and we're like, you know, mm-hmm. what we just talked about would be a really good podcast. So and I was kind of getting to a point where I thought, you know, it. I needed some some fresh uh, blood, you know. You, you talk uh, that many uh, that many minutes or that many episodes all by yourself. I, I, I think we needed uh, uh, something to um, a different perspective. And Andre is definitely a, a different age group than me too. So, <laughs> <laughs> different age group, different background. I think we we balance each other out very well. And Mike was actually, you know, the the person who who introduced me to this wonderful brown liquid that is whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Canadian junk, man. It can get over ah, <laughs> that stuff is obviously the best, but you know, it's it's a whole category of of, of wonderful, wonderful alcohol. Uh, and no, and we we really did kind of uh, start a, a great friendship while I was still in in college, and then um, after a, a pretty tumultuous end of of my long term uh, relationship, I ended up uh, you know just talking to Mike, and and we somehow he he decided that it was a good idea uh, to invite me over to visit him in Kentucky over uh, my now canceled spring break plans. And so I uh, just hopped on a plane and went over and spent it was it was about what it was about a weekend right there with, with yeah, like two two full days, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. And just and, uh, recorded the uh 97th through 100th episode wow. <laughs> four episodes in two days <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun a lot of alcohol consumed <laughs> mike may or may not have carried my limp <laughs> that's some brotherhood back, right there man that's a bonding weekend <laughs> absolutely i mean there was conversations we had there in the gutter man cave with me just laying down on the floor, oh, musing about film photography I, and relationships. Yeah, and I music. knew that was about that. That was about to be asked was. So did you, did you give any fatherly advice to him, man? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure I can remember much advice. <laughs> And even if it was given, I'm not sure it was good advice. Well, I will say this. I did the math on this. How are you, Andre? You're like 22. Is it? Is that right? 23 now. I was okay. So I would have been like, I would have been like 20 in order for me to be your dad. I would, I would have had to had you when I was 26, 27, 25 year old, somewhere around there. That's not good. Let's not get carried away with the arithmetic here, but, um, <laughs> but the, uh, the uh, um, it, I know for the fact that the kind of person I was in my mid twenties, you would not have become the upstanding young man that you are today. If you, if you were any, <laughs> any that I, wonder, I wonder if we would have been friends if we, if we had known each other at the same age, that's something that I wonder about every once in a while. Oh, that's too funny. So, all right. So let me ask you guys this. So, You've got you guys just passed was it two hundred and thirty three episodes? I think you guys are getting ready to record like one. That. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I guess out of all the episodes that you guys have recorded and all the people that you've interviewed, like what's the biggest thing that you guys have taken away for yourselves personally from meeting all these people? Mm. Uh, you go first, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's a great question. I think that's actually the 
the number one thing I've gotten out of doing this podcast is uh, is uh, just meeting people all over the world, and you feel like you 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 forge these relationships and you build these friendships with people you've never met face to face. You feel like you know them, and and it just the and one of the things that I wanted to start a podcast for was I just felt like I wanted to be involved in the community. I wanted to be I felt like I was being a positive force in it somehow, and so being able to meet these people and uh, and just it feel like you're part of the community uh, and actually can get your voice out in the community is like yeah. there's so many things that that this thing has done for me that uh i just never would have would have envisioned and then you know and the, the facebook group was another thing that just took off and 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 that's become like a, a really uh, popular place for a lot of folks to, to hang out in and just talk photography like 24 7 you can post there almost any time of the day and you'll have a response within minutes and it's just amazing how active it is and just yeah, it, it's it's it blows me away. I still like. I mean, Andre remembers me back in the early days. I didn't even think anybody was listening to the damn thing. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> so you were surprised amazing. when you got a call in. <laughs> That's exactly that's no. Exactly. You, the, the, you know, so uh, and, and I'll, I'll make sure we'll we'll touch on you here in a second, Andre. Um, you bring up something very valid that when I put the first episode out, I was like. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And originally the scope was so small that I was just like focused on the Atlanta film photographers Facebook group. So mm-hmm. I was just wanted to put something together that Atlanta film photographers would be able to uh, stay communicated. We can talk about local news and the local businesses because we have like KH camera is local to us. Mm. Um, so Originally, we thought really, really small, and uh-huh. and then um, I remember we I shared it out to the group and said, "Hey, tell everybody you can about it," you know. And then I think it was the I'm trying to remember the first um, we interviewed Keh Camera. Uh, they were our second guest, and um, one of the guys there who buys cameras, uh, Brent. Uh, he was like, hey, I know Bellamy Hunt. Do you want me to see if we can set something up with him? And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like, yes. You yeah, know? Right. And then after that first uh, that interview with uh, the Japan camera hunter, um, uh, it was when my eyes had really opened up and going, this is something that can be so much bigger. Um, oh, yeah. And so after all, you guys had like Tim Ryugo on like pretty early on as well. Yeah. 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 Um, And it was just just trying to connect with any person that I interviewed. Who is who are who do you know that I can talk to? Like that was kind of like that's how everything kind of grew up. Right. And um, and so but the the ride was pretty wild at first right you're like oh my gosh i'm just i'm talking to tim ryugo and you know uh, (laughs) yeah yeah um oh my gosh we're going to rochester you know like all this stuff that was just like you know completely mind-blowing and the experiences were fascinating but what i realized was that i was sharing those experiences with these people like Mm-hmm. People that I mm-hmm. don't even know, people that are willing to, you know, spend an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours of their time to listen to what I, what me, Stephen, and now Jordana have to say to the world. It's it's a it's completely mind blowing. 
So it is, it is. Yeah. My, yeah. my wife is always like, you know, maybe you should find a way to uh, monetize this somehow. And I was mm-hmm. like, there's, I, there's no way I can really get, do that because, and I don't have a problem with people that do it, but, uh, sure. but to me, I like, I already feel like I'm getting paid, you know, it sounds cheesy, but I feel like I'm already getting paid to do yeah. this man, just from the, the enjoyment I get out of it. And yeah. I mean, like, I remember when, when we, me and Audrey first started talking, or sorry, Andre, Andre and I going to do some proper English. Thing, but, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you live in Kentucky, uh, man. It's totally fine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but you know, I would have never dreamed that, you know, we were going to have, you know, uh, M from emulsive on, and then, uh, uh like Mike, uh, Michael Rosso from FPP, I would have never thought I was going to pull that off. And, you know, yeah. it's this strange thing is I've, I've asked these people and they, they've said yes. And that, it just still blows me away sometimes that they would come on our stupid little show. But, uh, <laughs> but it, I think it just has something to do with the, everybody is just, uh, and I think it's something that's really been happening lately with all the film podcasts, you know, like what we're doing now. And, and, um, and, uh, you know, I know you're going to uh, become Bill, you're gonna be coming on our show hopefully sometime next yeah. month. So, uh, yeah. So this little cross pollination that's going on between the podcasts and, and I think this thing is really going someplace really cool. And, uh, uh I just like seeing everybody kind of working together rather than us all being in our little separate corners, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, you bring up a very good point, and and we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit later. So, because I do want to talk about how the community and like how M has done an amazing job bringing all of us together. I mean, uh, some we're all together in like a Facebook chat, and I swear it is the funniest <laughs> stuff. That uh, honestly, not safe for work. It is not safe for work. So, um, it is definitely all filters have been removed in that chat. So. <laughs> But uh, so, Andre, um, tell me how uh, this has really kind of affected you, man. Like what 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 did you get out of all this? I mean, for me, kind of like you were saying, I'm going to sort of echo one of the points that you were saying that it very quickly, the the scale of it all kind of exploded, not only in terms of the fact that we noticed, especially with the Facebook group, which correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, was was kind of a sort of a dare between you and Neil Piper, who now is the <laughs> host of his own podcast, the Soot and right. Whitewash podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that Neil basically had to kind of twist my arm. He's basically, come on, Mike, just start one. If it's nothing else, right. me and you will just hang out and talk. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I was, I was the third member of this Facebook group, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, and it, it just started, you know, growing and growing and, and naturally sort of Facebook does uh, like the recommendations uh, for, you know, people, as as the the size grows and so we started noticing that okay well people were starting to join the facebook group uh who hadn't even listened to the podcast and then kind of being a little bit confused as to all the references and the fact that like it's it's very obvious that at least for the people who are very active that we all kind of seem to know each other uh but where the scale really started to kind of explode for for me was when i once again prompted by a late night uh, alcohol infused conversation with Mike while I was still in college for him kind of like and you as well Bill because I, I remember reaching out to, to you since you you knew the the brothers right over at yeah. Cinestill. Uh him kind of giving me the kick in the pants that I needed to at least try to make something of this interest that I had and take advantage of this opportunity that I had at, at that particular moment of having one more summer left before, uh, you know, my, my last kind of straggling semester because of the surgery to actually look for an internship in the film photography industry and sort of fast forward a few months later, I, you know, hopped on a plane out to Los Angeles and 
was interning with Cinestill a few months uh, after that at Photokina, uh, demoing, you know, our new products. Uh, and then a few months after that, after graduation, actually here working full time. And now I'm, I'm more invested in all of this and, and it means so much more to me than I ever thought that it would, because not only is it my passion, but it's also my livelihood. So yeah, it's sure. kind of insane how much it's all grown. And sometimes I have to kind of step back and say, it wasn't too long ago that I was you know, procrastinating, doing homework mm-hmm. and just talking to Mike about what film we were shooting and what cameras we were, <laughs> we were yeah. hopefully trying to find unsuccessful ultimately at our local thrift stores. <laughs> you know, I remember, uh, you asking me saying, Hey, what's, what's the chance of me being able to get an internship at, uh, Cine still. And, uh, I said, I don't know, man, but I'll, I'll be more than happy to get your information and send it over. Uh, and, and maybe something will come out of it. And dude, I am so glad that I have been able to put, push that information over. Um, oh, yeah. you know, you that, did it. M did it. Uh, yeah. Bellamy as well. Like I, wow. I made, I made sure to kind of contact a few people That's that fantastic. I had, you know, started to form some friendships with and, and said, you know, by any chance, you know, would, would you help this humble college student? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can bet that I did not forward any of your information. Uh-huh. On <laughs> since oh, my For example, yeah, you're, it's, it's the email it's, from it's Mike not, that went straight into the junk email. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not an exaggeration kind of when I say that like my relationship with Mike is simultaneously one of you know extreme like friendship you know brotherhood but also like Mike is sort of like a father figure to me not only because he's an old man but, <laughs> but because he does kind of bring with him a lot of life experience and and things that he's able to kind of look back and say like ah well I wish I would have done this this way so if you have a chance to do it uh, Andre, like, why not? You're going to regret it if you don't one day. So you don't I, want I, life, Sonny. I'd be both to think. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You no, know, so, um, so now that we're kind of like talking about the community and stuff, um, I, I do want to kind of move in that direction because it's been very interesting. I don't, I, I listen to a good number of podcasts that are not film photography related. Um, and everybody is really siloed off. And what we have where all the different podcasts, I mean, Sunny 16, um, Lensless, um, you know, Classic Lenses, uh, you guys, us. Uh, I mean, there's like a new film photography podcast. Like, honestly, there's just so many. I can't keep up. Rainy Days now. Um, you know, we're all... Like M does an amazing job, like just bringing them in and connecting everybody. Like, you know, it just I remember finding a voice uh, originally was incredibly difficult. Right. You know, it was like Mm -hmm. constant shameless plugs. Like I would go to the film photographers Facebook group, a group of 40, probably pushing 50,000 followers or uh, uh, 50,000 subscribers where I would just shamelessly plug and drop my article or my my uh, interview with somebody or whatever, just so that, you know, we can build a listenership, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to say that new podcasts 
have it easier or anything like that. It's incredibly hard work. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it, yeah. they, we did. Right, let's just go ahead and, and, and give ourselves our credit. We can help <laughs> pave the way, right? So, <laughs> well, I didn't say I mean, that. One, I didn't say that. The Gutterman one did. One thing I think if, if we can be a little sort of shameless in our own kind of patting ourselves on, on the back, mm. uh, we have been pretty kind of ruthless with uh, – trying to kind of encourage our friends who do have different yeah. perspectives because like for example uh mike and i are, are pretty general purpose when it comes to both our content and our own photography yeah. i mean we don't really have a particular niche um and so when we kind of identify uh folks that do have a unique voice a unique perspective Mm-hmm. We try really hard and especially the the whole kind of fact that we started on Anchor was a huge part of this for us because we kept telling people, you have a unique voice. Anchor makes it stupid easy. Uh, it's completely free. Yeah. You do not need a lot of uh, equipment, even though that's an absolutely an avenue that you can go down. Right. Uh, we have been very kind of transparent about the beginning. We're both using these simple little Zoom microphones you know you can for i I think you mentioned that this is going to be a youtube video at some point yeah mike's got these like ridiculous electric blue (laughs) headphones on (laughs) and and they're they're halfway broke i had to tape one side of them here but (laughs) that that better be gaffer safe side note side note i am thoroughly impressed that you actually were able to get the bug zapper in the back frame like yeah We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit because I was dying laughing at that. So, um, but yeah, like we we kind of uh, we even got to the point where we were uh, you know telling people like, hey, uh, let us know when you're available. We'll hop on Skype with you, mm-hmm. show you the software that we use. Previously, it was what we lovingly referred to as Graham's banana before he completely destroyed it for us. Yeah, <laughs> and now we just record on Skype, and so we have basically zero overhead for this entire thing now 200 episodes in and we try to use that as an example of people saying you don't have to be particularly eloquent you don't have to be super professional uh you don't have to spend money on it so if you have a voice if there's any way that we can help and bring some attention to you like at that point what's stopping you and thankfully a lot of our friends uh you know just to name a few matt melcher's box of cameras get well soon buddy um, yeah. Neil Piper and Soot and Whitewash, uh, Sven Olaf Humberside with Viewfinder Vikings, uh, Sherry Christensen. Like, so many of our friends have taken the plunge, and now, like, they're some of my favorite uh, podcasts to listen to. They may be, you know, relatively new on the block, uh, but it's also great because they're our friends, and we know, you know, the whole process of them having gotten started, and right. we've had them on our podcast, and they've had us on their podcast, and it's just, it's just so much fun. It is, and I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, it is fun. I think that is the number one reason why we do this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we do this because we enjoy it. We want to share it with the world. Um, and, and the community has been amazing. Um, it has been, um, you know, we, we share our triumphs, we share our faults, our hardships. I mean, you know, I cannot imagine, uh, classic lenses. I mean, with with Carl's passing, you know, like (laughs) I, I don't know Carl, but man, like, you know, it dealt a blow for all of us, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for somebody that we don't know and never met in our life, 
to to impact this all. Uh, it literally, people from all around the world is literally amazing. Um, Absolutely. So, um, no, you, you you hit it right in the head. Both well, I guys. think too, like one thing that we, I, I just, I think it was really early on, maybe like the fourth or fifth episode of Negative Positives. I, I, I had put out a call out for people to start, you know, start their own podcast. I was like, if, if I can do this, anybody can do this. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm no, I'm no expert on all this stuff. I just have a sure. passion for, for, for film photography or whatever. So, and, uh, and it, you know, it's, it's, and, and ever since then, we always made a point as new podcasts came out, new film podcasts came out, we would always plug them say something about them, try to get people to check them out. Cause I just felt like that, you know, we're not in it. This isn't a competition here. You know, we're right. all trying to accomplish the same thing, you know, getting, uh, uh, more people into film and then to share our love for the, for the, for the hobby or the passion or whatever. And so it, it I just felt like, uh, one of the things we wanted to do, and this was maybe sort of, I mean, I think I'm going to go ahead and say it was a little bit brilliant, but I'm going to say it's a little bit selfish to uh, <laughs> the, the negative positives, a uh, double exposure tag team challenge where we, we threw the gauntlet down on all the other film podcasts. That was partially, you know, because they mm-hmm. uh, we knew they'd have to mention our podcast and all their podcasts. Sure. <laughs> and then secondly, secondly, it's like, you know, it's another way to bring, bring us all together. And I think it, mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the main goal behind it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, if we're if we're talking about, you know, how we've been uh, selfish, then also trying to kind of get other people to start new podcasts for for mike is a very important thing to fill the hours at the factory it's not right <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> I got most, of, most of us struggle to keep up but mike <laughs> you know the more the merrier that's well, when right. you guys put hours. out three hour episodes you know that <laughs> we're, we're we recently had a talk about you know some changes that we're, we're making to streamline i'm not things. complaining yeah i'm not complaining <laughs> So Atlanta traffic is so horrible, you know, it's okay. So honestly, like when I listen to the podcast, so for people that don't know, this is literally our first sit down all together. Like, Mike, we've chatted back and forth a million times Mm -hmm. um, talking about, you know, all the film photography things, um, you know, and (laughs) uh, and and this is our first literal sit down and i feel like i know you guys like t- to be honest with you yeah, you know likewise we, yeah so we we listen to what we each have to say and everything and you know we we share things on the show that's personal to us and everything and you know and it's it's fascinating to hear you know um people that you've never met that uh you know, we'll connect things and you kind of have to stop and go, Oh yeah. I remember I talked about that on that episode. What Mm -hmm. the hell was I thinking? Mm -hmm. But you know, not, not in a bad way, but, um, (laughs) but you know, it's really cool. Um, and I don't know if you guys get this, but I've gotten it a couple of times where, you know, people will mention things that have happened on the show and then they talk to you as if they know you but you have no idea who they are. And it's like right. the weirdest yeah. thing in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. well, it, it's funny. We I've gotten early on. I don't know who it was. It might've been Dustin Cogsdale. Uh, uh, he, uh, he's, what's his oh, so the grainy days podcast. Grainy days. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, <laughs> see, we always give him a shout out. Uh, but he actually hit me up really early on and he said something, I think it was him that said, Mike, I really like your podcast. It's, Reminds me, I feel like I'm sitting there in the in the garage or the gutter man cave with you having a beer and we're just talking about film photography. And uh, and so that 
once I heard that, I was like, I didn't really realize that was the vibe I was getting, but I've tried to like strive to keep that vibe because I feel like that kind of resonates with people. And I feel like Bill, you, yeah. I feel like you guys, to me, I don't know if this is a vibe you all are going for, but I feel mm. like it's like three people, uh, I don't know, hiding under a blanket of some sort and like in <laughs> yeah, back of a film lab somewhere. <laughs> pretty much. It pretty much is. Uh, so yeah. like you said, we are like ultra low budget. So, um, and I think this is where you, Mike and I will make this connection. So, Back in high school, I was a musician. Uh, I was uh, very big into my heavy metal days and stuff like that. So when I started this podcast, um, it was like a rekindling of like my inner audiophile, you know, (laughs) and I was like the audio, like the first five episodes, I was like, oh, my God, there's so much echo around here. This room is so bare. I have to like control this. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we were trying to figure out ways. I was looking at software and all that stuff. And like it kind of spiraled out of control. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Home Depot and I'm going to buy a whole bunch of moving blankets. And, <laughs> and so we hung up moving. We still do. We still do this where we hang up moving blankets on the upper tracks of this studio in the in the photo lab. So we mm-hmm. hang it around and and then we have tables set up within the moving blankets. So <laughs> when you hear us talking about the blanket fort, it literally is a wall of moving blankets that go around us. To drown out the echo. So, um, you know, so it, it, it looks ridiculous, but it, the audio, you know, sounds so much better. Well, Bill, um, I'm looking forward to hearing. Uh, I feel like maybe you guys should take some breaks. I want to hear some of those heavy metal death chugs of yours uh, in, in some of those <laughs> some of those breaks, man. Let's hear the chug, 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 chug. Hold, hold, on, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. I know nothing about music, but that looks pretty. I know yeah, that, that this is like my um, Ibanez. This is, is my Ibanez? Uh, Ibanez RG. Um, uh, this was from high school, so I did not get rid of my high school guitar. There you go. <laughs> Love it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's funny because uh, I was very big into. Um, bands like dream theater where you know music got very very um theoretical i guess would be the best word for it you know and and i think some of that has kind of grown into my photography right you know like and i i find this kind of interesting because i want to talk about this later on a lot of photographers especially film photographers have some kind of musical history like like they've like there's some kind of creative outlet. Maybe it's not just music or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. But I've met so many people that are like, oh, I used to play the drums or I used to play the guitar or, you know, I, I was a trumpet player or whatever. Um, but now it's the beer that's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, but it's very interesting that somebody started off with some kind of creative outlet. Um, and so that's the topic for another time, you know, maybe when, when we get on to, uh, your episodes, Oh, that's um, a good one. That's yeah. A, so, I, have, I have actually, I actually have a theory on that. I'll, I'll just briefly go ahead. Okay, I, I go ahead. Go for it. Music, just a, just a little preview. 
<laughs> this is uh, what they call a tease, I think, right? In the business, is that what we call it? Sure. But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, I think that musicians, because the art requires gear and it's yeah. very hands-on gear, I think there's a translation to that with, uh, like, it's easy for a musician to go into photography because it's not like, not necessarily like painting or, or something like that, even though I know that it requires some equipment. There's something about the mechanical, like a mechanical camera, how it's sort of analog and organic, like a guitar or mm-hmm. turning knobs on an amp or pedals mm-hmm. or whatever. I think there's a little bit of equip, equipment love between the two sure. that it just makes it easy. The transition is, uh, is, and it's like if you're already into music, you've already spent a ton of money at that. And my, why not just go on mm-hmm. over to photography and spend even more? So, you know, just. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, trust me, man. I remember when I, I went overboard and, and, and bought a uh, Mesa Boogie uh, dual wreck. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, though, those were the days I remember. I was like, I had to have what John Petrucci had, you know, that was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you were definitely into the more advanced music than me. I did, I was yeah. all about like the three chord Nirvana and Pixies and stuff. <laughs> Give me some some Ramones, man. If I can't hey, play, the, hey, if, no, I can't, if I can't play the guitar with this finger, this hand configuration for every single chord, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out. So <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, um, but yeah, no, I think there's there's something to we can really dive deep into that. Um, and I think I need more alcohol to really um really dive into that because I, I I think I find myself to be more of a um philosophical drunk. So uh so we'll save that Me for the too. marathon the marathon episode uh with you guys. So I'm gonna have so to are, like, you, are, are you saying this is gonna be a three hour episode of negative pauses no, when you come on possibly it might <laughs> be. It <laughs> might be. So we might have to Especially do this. On, I'm 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 saving my like parallels between film photographers and vintage watch enthusiasts oh, for our podcast God. too. Oh geez. So. There we go. All right. So time to change the topic. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shut down. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So uh, le- we've been talking about the podcast and community and all that stuff. And I'm sure the listeners and watchers here are going, oh, my God, talk about something about film now. Uh, because that <laughs> is the number one complaint that I constantly see on my iTunes. So you know what? Fine. Let's talk about some film. Um, so Andre. Yes, sir. What have you been shooting lately? I have been shooting lately. It's actually sitting pretty right here next to me. Uh, the wonderful little Tomography LCA 120 that I borrowed from a uh, friend of both shows, Ed Conde, who yep. just recently visited uh, Bill over there in Atlanta. Um, it has just been so much fun. I, I posted a little picture to the, the Negative Positives Facebook group of just a visual representation of my my film haul for the for the weekend. I shot five rolls of mainly some like expired Cinestill 800T in the the LCA 120 and two rolls uh, of Triax pushed to 3200 in the Rolleiflex, just as a kind of like example to show like how fun and easy this thing is to shoot. I mean, it's it, it's it's so much of what I didn't know I wanted, being that it's a scale or uh, zone focused, uh, you know, wide angle, medium format, uh, point and shoot film camera well, that filled in all it. of the gaps that uh, that I, I didn't know I had. Uh, right now, a roll of. <laughs> 
Mike kind of. I was on, about on to say, why are you case. opening to look at it? <laughs> well, no, because it's already because it's already done. It's already done. <laughs> I was like, dude, what the hell? I'm not that. Watching this is like, oh, no. I'm not that. Uh, <laughs> it's some uh, expired ectochrome uh, EPD. What is this? Some expired ectochrome that that Mike gave me in in my most recent care package. Every time that we, you know, birthdays, Christmases, things like that, it's it's pretty, you know, common uh, to to send. I'll usually send some Cinestill film to Mike. Mike will send me a bunch of expired shit and usually like some kind of like bootleg bottle of of bourbon. <laughs> like, no, like I'm I'm going to just ignore everything you just said, and because you essentially. I thought you were going to literally do something like this. No, No, that's that's I've done that enough times that even when inebriated, I I know not to. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I've been shooting. uh, As some of your listeners may know or our listeners know, I recently sold off my uh, beloved Leica M6 and then I just sent off to Bellamy to sell on consignment. My M3 and my 3F. So for the first time in about six years, I'm completely likeless. Uh, don't really Feels have good, a, doesn't a, it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I, I will be moving over to an M2 at some point, but while uh, in the interim, I've just been having fun with this with this LCA 120, and it's it's making me really want to buy one. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, it's fascinating that um, such a simple camera can be so addictive. Absolutely. And it, it it's something that's very different from, you know, even the closest thing that I, I have to it. Uh, I mean, the closest technical thing would be the Holga. Sure. But my other kind of main medium format rig that I've finally distilled down to this is the medium format camera that best represents me and what I like to shoot is my uh, Roloflex 3.5F uh, planar with the prism finder. As much as people go on and on about, you know, waist level finders, and I love waist level finders. Over the years, I've gotten used to the left-right flip. The fact that I use it a lot for, you know, street photography and uh, occasional kind of portraits of, of family and, and friends, uh, and being five foot five, uh, I need to raise that up to my face in order to get a flattering angle and. Mm for kind of fast moving street stuff on, on Hollywood Boulevard, I can't really track quickly with the left to right flip, uh, somebody walking, you know, in the opposite direction on the, on the same side of the street as me. So, uh, but everything that's wonderful about that camera, you know, a bit of a slower pace in my case, a split image, uh, focusing screen for really accurate focus. Um, uh, normal lens, the LCA 120 is the exact opposite. You know, extremely quick to use, scale focus, really exaggerated wide angle. And so the two together, I think at some point when I end up getting one, are really going to complement each other. You know, walk around, just kind of, uh, you know, not care as, as much uh, and be able to take advantage of the wide angle with the LCA. And then when I want to sort of slow down a little bit more, squeeze in a little bit tighter with the focal length, take some pictures of, uh, of my friends, some portraits some closer up stuff with the uh, close up lenses, then I'll use the Roly for that. So I really do think that they complement each other. Well, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's kind of funny. I have been uh, really digging square format. And, uh, um, 
and I, I don't know if you can see it back there, but my Mamiya 7 is sitting on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going to be freaking out right now because I just took that off of like a one month hiatus. Like that camera sat on my shelf for a month and people are going, oh, my God, why would you let that sit on the shelf? You know, <laughs> and um, and I think it's probably because um, you kind of get into these moods. You know, it's just like, you know, you, I like for me, like when I walk and look at that shelf, it's like, you know, I've been shooting that Mamiya 7 far too much lately. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let, let me let me take this one off, you know, um, and and it's it's kind of fun doing that because it never gets old. Um, so, and I, I've always found that cause I mean, I'll post something, you know, I had a, a, a Yashica map 124 G kind of like fall in my hands. And, um, and so that's kind of rekindled my, my love for, uh, square format. So, um, now there's one on that shelf. Well, I'm sorry. There's one that is not on that shelf that has been kind of, a nuisance of an itch lately because Mike, you've been constantly talking about this format and I don't have a camera on there and it's APS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we were, and we were getting along so well, Bill. <laughs> but see, okay. L- let me explain. So, um, I love finding a camera that is considered like an underdog, right? You know, it kind of flies under the radar. So hold on, let me grab this camera. Hold on one second. <laughs> well, APS is the ultimate underdog. So <laughs> perfect camera for you, Mike. Perfect system for you. So. Okay. So what kind of started me on these little compact cameras is this little Rico uh, 500G. Oh, So I got this one for like uh, 10 bucks on KEH camera and um, and I shot it and I sunny 16 this like literally I had the meter on here does not work or anything along those lines. So I sunny 16 it with uh, Ultramax 400 and I am like I was blown away. I was like, this is incredibly sharp. Now, the new one that has kind of really piqued my interest as of late, as as you guys have heard with um, Ed Conde is half frame. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been, he's been rocking half frames for a while now. Right. And so I've been playing around with this camera for quite a bit. This is the Demi EE one seven and I've been playing around with it and I've been really uh, impressed with the performance of this and the sharpness. And I had a laugh because when I was in New York city, I ran into, well, I didn't run into him. I gave him a heads up that I was going to be there and he actually stopped by was a uh, Fuji film rep. And, uh, you know, I, uh, subliminally, subliminally make fun of him and Fuji, not film and everything like that, but we've actually kind of developed a pretty funny, uh, great relationship, um, talking about Fuji film and what's going to be happening. And he kind of, I don't want to say he gives me inside information or anything along those lines, but you know, we, we talk about, you know, some great conversations as far as what's going to be happening with Fuji film, but, um, he gave me a little care package Uh-oh. and it was a Ziploc baggie full of film. I mean, like pro one 400 H uh, some Chrome was in there 
and an unopened four or five pack of APS. Yes. <laughs> Andre's well, seriously I mean, shaking his head. You gotta, they gotta they gotta dump that old stock somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the APS revival, it's taken over the world by storm. It's the hottest, uh, hottest trend in film photography. Yep. So uh just, uh, just <laughs> so I said, you know, I want to shoot this film. And it's in right. the fridge right now. And I ha- honestly, I don't know how how well or how poorly this film was, you know, kept. Um, but I've been kind of like, let me see what's on eBay right now. And APS cameras right now are re- stupid, ridiculously cheap. That's 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 what I'm talking about. See, that's what got me into it. And that and the fact I used to shoot it in the 90s. It was my the first camera I ever bought myself that yeah. actually like actually had an exposure meter in it and all that stuff was an APS Kodak camera from the nineties. And I paid probably crazy money for it before that. I used to shoot just, you know, disposable cameras or whatever. And so to me, it's a throwback to the nineties. That's my, that's my decade, man. And that's I think that's where my love affair for it comes from. Cause it's definitely a, a child of the nineties. So, but, uh, but yeah, the stuff is so cheap, you know, and, um, especially like I've learned to, I process it and scan it myself. So I'm not paying anybody, any, any lab work or anything like that for it. So that makes it the big hurdle. If you don't want to do it is, is getting it, uh, take, send it to a lab because they aren't cheap on it because they don't mm-hmm. see it very often. I think then they just, they just kind of gouge it when they, when they get, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm sure it's just, uh, you know, it's very, very few labs can develop it. Yeah. But if you learn how to do it yourself at home, it, it can make shooting photography so cheap, you yeah. know, and well, um, I'm gonna... Dunwoody photo take APS. <laughs> I was just about to plug them. <laughs> it's okay, Bill. You no, no, it's to totally it. cool. You Andre, you can totally you. do it for me. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Dunwoody Photo does uh, APS film. They do not upcharge it for a odd format because they do have the equipment to zip it out, load it into a uh, a carrier that loads into the mini lab. So that was something that uh, Michael had so to kind of give a bit of a history on Dunwoody Photo, Michael, uh, the owner, actually used to work. He was like a manager or like a regional city manager of a whole bunch of Wolf cameras uh, in mm-hmm. the Atlanta area. And so when Wolf Camera went under, uh, he purchased um, a whole bunch of these mini labs, right? I mean, he bought all this equipment at its worst time when Wolf Camera was getting out of the business. And uh, it turned to be, you know, maybe four years after that, it turned out to be like one of the best decisions that he's made. And uh, but it still comes with its heartaches because finding replacement parts. I mean, he has a spare machine dedicated for spare parts, you know, yeah. and 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 it's sad, but that's the the hard reality of that. Um, and so um, but. You know, that's what keeps the lights on. And I mean, literally, I'll, I'll come in and uh, I try to help out when I can. But, you know, we'll knock out a couple hundred rolls. And I mean, a couple hundred rolls of film in a single day only wow. to come back the very next day. And all those bins have been refilled. That's awesome. So, so for people to say that, oh, this is just a fad and all that stuff, I'm sitting here going, I'm seeing this firsthand, and that is not a fad. This is mm-hmm. a, a a resurgence. Um, Can I say on the yeah. on the production side of things, like yeah. we are waiting right now on a shipment of like sixteen thousand rolls yeah. of film, 
and that goes by like that unfortunately like that. i mean it's a good problem to have but, like that sells out like real quick oh yeah dude i remember i like uh the shelves you know uh there's a couple local places but like michael tries to stock the shelves with whatever film that he can get and but like some of the local places it's like we got cine cell 800t boom gone like i mean it is that fast and it's been increasing now that we are not only producing it in the machine in the back in, in Hollywood, yeah. but also producing from from Master Rolls over in Rochester. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, it, especially in the past year since uh, launching like the Monobath and the TCS uh, and, and now having them in, in 120 as well, just the demand has just exploded. Oh, yeah, for sure. And And it's, you know. I, I'm really excited because 30, uh, 135 and 120, I think, will be just a start. I think you'll start – right now we're seeing Kickstarters right now for tools that help us scan, help, help us develop and all that stuff. But honestly, I think we're going to start seeing some ingenuity happening here where we can start seeing other formats. I mean we have um, Brett's. That's trying to bring back uh, 126, 127, Seven, like, 127, one, yeah. 127, yeah. You know, mm. so like it, it's like people like him that are trying to bring back old formats for these cameras that don't exist anymore, right? You know, mm. um, uh, FP100C with dot caps, you know, he's trying to bring that back. So it's going to be really interesting to see this really small revival come back in all these formats. So APS is probably a little bit more complex because it is, uh, it is because of the rewinding, because you can take a film roll out, you know, mid roll Mm -hmm. and then reload it back to where it used to be and all that stuff. So I think that will be a tough, um, uh, acorn nugget to crack. Yeah. 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 I don't know the (laughs) formal expression on that one, but anyway, um, a tough acorn to crack. I'm just going to stick with that. So, um, but you know, it's interesting because it's like, I have these four or five rolls of film. I'm like, I want to know more about this because I think Andre, you kind of are like the majority of like, millennials i guess i don't even are you are you a millennial now what are you i think i'm something stupid like gen z or whatever i think i just missed the cutoff for the the cutoff (laughs) so but i mean like let's let's be honest folks i mean between my my enthusiasm for old film cameras vintage uh watches and and whiskey like i I guess i can call myself an old soul right sure sure (laughs) whatever um but like for for the odd uh ball for like i want to say maybe like the first 10 to 15 years of a millennial i remember shooting film as a kid right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like when i got back into film and everything and i remember like first initially they're like oh you need to put the film in the refrigerator i was like oh my god i remember that you know it's like little things like that you know and then like actually going and being able to raid my parents closet to find a film camera you know um you know uh, uh, i have an olympus stylus epic you know and everybody's like oh my gosh it's a compact camera freak out mode you know and it's just like <laughs> okay my, my parents are like it was a crap camera then i don't know why you're freaking out <laughs> over it you know they don't get it but 
Um, but no, it's that, so funny because like we these days are just like, yeah, that's a really good, capable camera, and our parents yeah. were just, ah, it's just this thing yeah, that we, we bought in the for door. a vacation. Yeah, exactly, I one, exactly. I bought one brand new in the early two thousands. I think it was seventy nine dollars. I think is what it, all it cost. You know, that's how much that camera exactly. cost. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's fascinating. So, like APS, there's, man, I don't know if I want to bring it up <laughs> because. Why not? Because the price is really good, and I'm not ready to buy it yet, and I want to buy it. The Leica? No. Oh, the the, con- the contacts. Shh, damn it, <laughs> Gutterman. <laughs> Fuck. All right, fine. I thought yes. you were going to say the Leica APS camera. No, it's, there is a Leica APS. Yes, camera. Yes, there is. No, I was yeah. I was legitimately interested in the contacts TIX. Yep. Um, yep. and so I was like, you know what? For a couple hundred bucks. And I shoot these four rolls. I still can get APS for stupid cheap. And if I like it, then I'll Dude, keep it on good. hand. You yeah. know, uh, but, you know, it's like, OK, that would be very interesting to shoot. So um, to kind of bring this all back around, uh, Mike, so what is the APS camera of choice and what have you been shooting and what have you kind of taken out of that camera? <laughs> <laughs> the APS camera of choice. Well, I guess um, the one that, that I that I like to shoot the most with APS because the problem with APS film is uh, it's all expired, and I have yeah. some batches that are not. All, the last rows were produced in two, uh, 2010, 2011, yeah, and uh, around that range. And I've got some some uh, APS film from that era, which is I haven't got to yet because I'm shooting some of the older stuff first. Now, some of the this, this real mm-hmm. old batch I'm shooting right now, it's basically. I'm getting a lot of color shifts. Everything looks like uh, like a 1970s photo album has very fa- – I mean, it's a cool look. It's a retro, definitely kind of like faded color, strange sure. color shift look, which I enjoy. I, I like. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily count on it for, uh, you know, photos that I really want to come out perfectly. But I do have some newer APS film that hopefully do that. And I've seen other people shooting APS film. That's uh, this this particular batch, I think, was stored in somebody's like trunk of their car or something. Oh, but uh but the, but the anyway, what I, the camera I like to shoot the most with it is this. I have this Nikon Nikon uh, Pronia six I. It's a it's a, a SLR APS camera, and mm-hmm. the reason I like that it's kind of bulky. It's a little bit too big because the thing about APS is, you know, they you know it's some of their cameras are tiny. I got this little Canon Elf that uh, uh, Kevin Lane from Uncle Jonesy's Cameras podcast sent me. Yeah, and uh, and a little shout out to them. But uh, he sent me, and this thing is so tiny and it's like all metal and it feels it's a really cool camera but the problem with APS with the film being expired is I kind of need to uh, you know add some exposure like change the IS rated at like 400 rated at like 200 or 100 or something just to add some exposure yeah to get some of this to come out a little better and there's so many cool little APS compacts out there but they don't have any exposure you know uh, compensation or anything to really kind of do anything with the the ISO or whatever so Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm finding that I like the Nikon and I also got a uh, Minolta Vectus uh, SLR as well. That's uh, that has some exposure controls that allows me to kind of rate the film differently because I think you do need to probably expect that some of this film is very expired, and the people that bought it weren't natu- weren't necessarily the most enthusiastic people about photography, so they did not keep their film in the refrigerator. It was probably in the kitchen junk junk drawer for the last ten sure. years, <laughs> you know. So it wasn't probably stored all that well. So I do think. 
uh, you know, that's uh, something that I, I do like the SLRs because there's, I mean, I got both the, well, Johnny Sisson coming a real good break on this, this Minolta Vectus because he had like nine of them in stock. There was new old stock in the box. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, so he, he's like, I, the only person I know to get, I can get rid of this stuff to is you. So he, he hit me up and, um, gave me a good price on them. So I bought all, I bought like three of them. So nice. <laughs> so, good on him for not giving it to you away for free. He at least made a buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like the Nikon, uh, SLR, APS SLR, I think I paid, 10 12 bucks for it you know it looks like yeah. a, some brand new shape with a lens it's unbelievable you know how cheap this stuff is going and i usually pay like generally less than three dollars but most of the time like two bucks a roll for a roll of film and you develop it yourself it's really cheap so uh, that's my aps bill but uh, i mean because i mean it is it's everybody knows it's the hottest fin- hottest trend in film photography is taking over the world by storm but uh yeah <laughs> 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 but generally uh the my, as far as other photography i've been doing lately it's I have been on this thing uh, of trying to find time when I didn't think I had time. I've been I've griped mm-hmm. a lot in the last couple of months about not having time for photography, and so I'm just trying to find windows that I'd never really thought about before as opportunities to take photographs. And it's doing a whole lot better. I actually like developed like six rows of film last night, so uh, which is a banner a banner a couple of weeks for me. Uh, so I'm finding like little just little tiny wind openings in life where I'm like, all right, I've got an hour. I don't know if I don't care if these shots are going to be good. I'm going to force mm-hmm. myself to go someplace close. I'm actually kind of looking at areas closer to me with a different eye because you know it's so easy to turn your eye away from the things you see every day. But I'm trying to find uh, unique things around me that maybe I overlooked. So and it's been kind of fun, man. Like I, I, I never really considered my area of town like a very photogenic area, but I'm yeah. finding things by by just trying to stay really. Uh, really focused on trying to find, you know, see things that I haven't seen before. And so it's been kind of a, a fun little thing I've been doing lately and it's been reaping some, some benefits. So That's uh, cool. I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah. That's the awesome. thing that the sunny 16 folks did recently with that one hour photo yeah. challenge. That's I haven't actually, actually gone back and yeah. yeah, I haven't actually gone back and, and listened to those episodes, but uh, I saw, you know, the, the posts about it in, in several Facebook groups actually. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, I had no trouble kind of getting through a roll in an hour. I think I got through at least a couple mm-hmm. within that <laughs> amount of time with the LCA 120. But it really is an interesting way of kind of approaching it. Just give yourself an hour and you've got to finish the roll. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very easy for us a lot of times, even even for me, like, yes, I, I literally work in the film photography industry. I'm handling, you know, uh, vision three, uh, motion picture film every single day, spooling like thousands of foot feet onto it, into the machine to make Cinestill. Uh, but most days, unless I'm being really intentional about it, I won't shoot anything. And there's a lot of days that I forget to bring a camera. Uh, and so having something, you know, with me at all times is easier said than done. And something like that, and sometimes it it requires an interesting kind of challenge like that that's posted in the community or in one of the podcasts that you listen to. Sometimes it requires getting out of your uh, physical surroundings, going on a trip. Uh, Me and a bunch of L.A.-based film photographer friends are going to be heading out to uh, Joshua Tree in the Salton Sea here in a few weeks. Um, And sometimes it just requires uh, a change of gear. I, I really don't ascribe a hundred percent to that whole thing that people sometimes say that oh gear doesn't matter because it does, it does matter. It does. I, I yeah. <laughs> it, it, to a to a point, of course. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, 
not necessarily that like, oh, gear is going to make you a better photographer. But if right. you're in a creative slump, having something different to shoot can be hugely inspirational sometimes. Sure. Absolutely. No, I think you bring up a valid point. And, um, you know, one of the common mantras on our show is it's just a tool, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can have a wide, uh, I don't know the the terminology as far as like um, artists or anything along those lines, but you can have different gauges of brushes, right? You can have one that can that is designed to do very large strokes, and then you have one that's designed to very do very fine line strokes. So that doesn't necessarily mean that one's better than the other. It's just that one is designed for something else. Um, so I don't think, I mean, I don't, we joke around about the people that have Leicas. Um, but you know, I don't necessarily say that, you know, there's anything wrong with that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if people get a hard on about talking about the sharpness on their lenses, you fine, go ahead. You know, I don't care. That's fine. Just don't press that upon me saying that, you know, my logic is incorrect and that yours is the only soundproof, uh, uh, decision you know like that people have you know as we talked with ed on um our previous episode that sometimes sharpness just just does not mean anything you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i think uh can i can i drop a hard uh, a hot take as a leica shooter yeah go ahead man i don't shoot leica for the lenses (laughs) 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 would it be nice at some point to to have my my future m2 be paired with some nice, you know, Chrome. Well, Sumacron? Uh, Come on, man. Lenses. You know you you drool no, over Sumacron. No, actually, no. I've shot some <laughs> Sumacrons. My current 50 is actually mm. a, a thread mount collapsible uh, Elmar 2.8 uh, with a little, the weird sort of circular lens tab thingy sure. and scratches all up and down the barrel. Uh, but I love that little lens. And it's yeah. not the sexiest Leica lens. It's not the fastest. My The 35 that I want is not a Sumacron. It's yeah. a, a 3.5 uh, thread mount Sumeron. Um, but once again, neither of those two lenses I, I like for necessarily the sharpness. I like them for the ergonomics. Sure. I mean, I've shot Zeiss. I've shot Voigtlander. Um, what I kind of, especially for sort of the things that I shoot with those cameras, which are mainly just sort of, you know, documenting friends and family stuff and a little bit of kind of me aspiring to be a street photographer uh, is mainly shot at F8, F11. And so I don't need the sharpest stuff in the world. And I shoot it because of the ergonomics. I really like the ergonomics of the cameras. Uh, I I prefer rangefinders over SLRs. I like the fact that they're, you know, pretty sturdy. It's all mechanical. One of the reasons I sold my M6 was because although it was great, you know, the meter dies out on that at some point and there goes half the resale value. Uh, So, I mean, I, I, I don't shoot like a fur the glass and I, I shoot it because it's the camera that feels the best in my hands. I like mm-hmm. the way that the ergonomics of some of the lenses uh, feel in comparison to like the stupid little focus hump, little bump knob nipple thing that are on the, <laughs> that are on the, the Zeiss uh, lenses. Sure I don't like the nipple. ones with the scalloped barrels that you have to use your entire, you know, paw in order to turn the, the the focusing ring give me a nice little small uh focusing tab uh, 
little finger choil style or the little circular uh, style, then I'm, I'm happy. That's cool. So um, while we're on the topic of Leicas, uh, Mike, you got yourself a little uh, Leica, right? <laughs> a big old Leica. Uh, a big old Leica. Yes, that, that would be the uh, that'd be the Leica R8, and um, yes, it's a very fantastic machine, uh, handcrafted in Germany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many how many rolls have you put through it? I have a, I have a I've shot a two rolls uh, uh, through it so far when I want to be sophisticated, and um, that's what I shoot. And, um, <laughs> Well, to be fair, a lot of your shooting is done at night, and I wouldn't want you to get mugged from a camera yeah. that, that was yeah, given not, to you I'm, by a very, very dear listener. I'm, I'm not taking the like out at nighttime, man. I take I take the Sears KS2 out for that bad for that for the night. Can <laughs> bash any potential mugger in the head. Oh, geez. that's right. All right, so so we'll pivot a little bit here. So speaking of night photography, Mike, uh, you went out and did um, some night photography for your double exposure challenge <laughs> that's right that's right yeah so yeah, and I, so andre and I, have you <laughs> shut yeah. that roll yet did you see that you see the I, grimace on his face when you mentioned that <laughs> tell you what i shot the role i developed the role last week oh, prior shit. to our announcement of the fact that we were pushing back the, oh, shit. the deadline the problem <laughs> the problem is twofold a oh, no. i do not know how to use the frontier by myself Sure. Fair I enough. have I have worked here for almost five months. I I stand by the fact that I kind of hate that machine. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a learning curve. I will admit that it is a big learning curve, and you have to. We have a little like uh, air compressor thing, yeah. and you've got to dust all the mirror boxes and the yep. surfaces. Okay, not, of enough of this technical talk. Did you screw up our film? Like <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Yet. I haven't seen it yet. Here's the thing: I can see my images that I shot super well. Yours are super, super faint, and I can already tell that the frames did not overlap, despite the fact that I, you know, because we did the whole Sharpie on the back thing over the shutter curtain. And here, here's what I did. I probably burned, you know, maybe the first, like, two or three of your exposures, Mike, because you only gave me one frame to work with. And so it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't line up. And so I thought, okay, let me actually measure this out with the ruler, draw, like, you know, literally physically draw with the sharpie on the negative like three or mm-hmm. four more little x's you know mm-hmm. uh with, mm-hmm. the, with the vertical mm-hmm. lines mm-hmm. and then <laughs> cut off cut off like a couple sprockets and like make the curve and see yeah. if it would line up it was like nope okay another couple sprockets and i did that for about 30 minutes <laughs> until i got it to where it would line up and probably cut off a good like five inches of film <laughs> so, so so hold on hold on a second hold on hold on hold on, hold on. so mike do you you know what i just heard Bullshit, 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 (laughs) bullshit, 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 and uh, bullshit. Well, here's the thing, Bill. We're we're not going to win the contest anyway. We're just doing this for fun because in no conceivable universe will M coming on our podcast to judge this thing say, Mike and Andre, you guys are the winner. So it does really well. You got to do do it uh, uh, blindly. You you need to tell them – you shouldn't tell them which one is yours, right? Oh, we actually haven't thought of that. Yeah. That's not a bad So you just give it to him and then he decides and then Mm – and then Guess the winners what? decided yeah, negative positives. Yeah, Sean, Maybe. Sean Nelson. Maybe. I hope you're taking notes. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. So, I, honestly, Andre, I cannot give you shit as I knock over my beer. <laughs> Empty. I hope uh, it was. 
So life is too short to drink cheap beer and waste it. So, um, um, lost my train of thought. Thank you, Andre. Okay. Um, your, your role of film. Yes. Yeah. My role of film. Did so, you guys do a three way? No. <laughs> well, that sounds really let me, bad. Let me clarify. That was so bad. This is where, this is where, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jordana. Oh god. Um so uh no There goes your explicit tag on iTunes. Yeah, no kidding. So um oh, that explicit tag was long gone. So I am going to shoot my roll of film tomorrow night. I'm gonna do some running around and photographing it because it's been really busy. Um, especially this this past month and a half. I just ha- real honestly haven't really had much time to really go shoot out. Um, but, uh, Jordana and I are going to be shooting our double exposure challenge. So we should be able to get ours in by the new updated June 14th pushback date. I believe 14th, 15th, 14th, I think. Right. Mike. Uh, yeah, the 14th. I'm oh, sorry. New deadline. Yeah. I, I'd not, I had to check the hockey score of the St. Louis blues one tonight. So go blues. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so we haven't shot hours yet. Um, it's just been really crazy busy. And so we're deciding between the role of film. So what role of film did you guys use? We did uh, tracks. Oh, Very yeah. Nice. All right. well, while we're doing that, do we want to do a little like, you know, yeah, shirt? Go ahead uh, and plug it. I guess I could plug uh, mine, too. There you all right. go. So I'm, I'm wearing my, <laughs> my kind of 80s style Miami Vice, like Cinestill still silver uh, still shirt. Still silver. These are honestly like these are really cool shirts. I like them a lot. I have like four of this exact one, which is great because when I'm all out of uh, of clean clothes like I was because I just spent two weeks house sitting uh, for for Brian, uh, it's it's the thing that I reach to when everything else is dirty. There you go. Because I don't want to be like the one kind of going to the office with like the company shirt, you know? Yeah. So, I have a I have a Tri-X t-shirt that I want I, I bought off eBay from some sketchy uh, seller I'm sure that doesn't have rights from Kodak to sell these things and Mike, what, like, have, what have we what have we been talking about <laughs> on our little like podcast host <laughs> Facebook group about copyright infringement <laughs> That's oh true. boy and it's it's already it's already getting like little cracks in it and stuff so it's going to look real vintage like real soon <laughs> hey, You know what it's don't, fine don't because it's a Kodak like photo walk I was going to say <laughs> that uh that is probably surviving better than what the actual Kodak Ektachrome shirt that I bought direct from Kodak. So I'm just saying, oh, Matt yeah, Stoffel, yeah. I'm sorry. That shirt didn't last very long. So I wore well, the, the actual, hell out of the, the shirt. The actual Kodak Ektachrome shirt that I bought, something about the way that the, the vinyl went or the, the decal went across, it mm-hmm. really accentuated my nipples. And like, so it was like... <laughs> And we have made the turn for the worst. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, Matt, Matt Stovall, if you are listening and like, because oh, these, for example, like I have worn this probably like 60 times uh, and it still looks great. So if you if you want the hookup for where to make great T-shirts, it's <laughs> oh, still up. Savage. Hit your friends. Hit your friends over on the West Coast. Up. Does it accentuate your nipples, though? <laughs> I mean, that, see, actually, that's that's why I. He's afraid to open up the shirt. <laughs> that's why I choose to 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 line it with the button down because it's also a little bit more discreet. You know, I'm not flaunting Sinistil. Oh boy, 
or my nipples for that matter. I, I don't, I'm not even going to justify, I'm not going down that path. I have something <laughs> I'm going to say after the recording. So anyway, um, so we're, we're starting to wind down. Um, so we have gone over an hour, which is fine because I think this is a good conversation that we're having here. Um, I guess, let me ask you guys each of this question. And I think if you guys have listened to my one-on-ones, you may know what's coming up here. So um, what is a question that I did not ask that you would have liked me to have asked? So uh, I'll let you guys take a minute, or not literally, like like figuratively, metaphorically, uh, a minute to think about that. So, and uh, Mike, I'll let you go first. Hmm. You know, I hear you ask this question, and I should have known this was coming. And um, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I just kind of saw this more as a conversation rather than sort of an interview sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, maybe, um, maybe where we see the podcast going in the future, sure. uh, maybe something like that. And my answer would be, I do not know. <laughs> sure. Okay. So let me let me spin no, that around, though. Let me let me spin right. that around. Where would you like to see the podcast film photography community to head in? Like, I mean, I think we're starting, like, I I would love to hope that this particular episode kind of blossoms and kind of really pushes to have, I mean, like Sunny 16 has been doing a great job as far as bringing other podcasts onto the show and everything like that. I think that they've been kind of very good in the forefront of that. You guys as well. I personally think I've been kind of lagging on that. And then, and this is kind of like the first intro to this. So, um, so where would you guys like to see the, uh, podcast or the community, the film photography community go in terms as far as podcast goes? I like that. Uh, I, I think this, I think this is a, a step in the right direction. I like to see more collaboration between uh, all the podcasts, even maybe, some more like like what we did with the negative uh, positive exposure tag team challenge, double exposure tag team challenge, like something like that. Things that gets everybody involved. And uh, I just I think that the more connected we get because uh, a lot of people don't listen to all of us, but they listen to some of us. But, you know, I think there's we can make so many little networks and stuff like that. And and uh, I think we'll find it a whole lot easier to, uh, you know, get better guests on if they think we're this interconnected, interconnected, like network of uh podcast, you know, it's like the, you know, whole United we stand divided sure. ball thing, you know, <laughs> you know, like, and I think, uh, <laughs> Hey, that's, that's on the Kentucky so state flag. melodramatic. Don't, don't you laugh about the Kentucky state flag. That's what's on our flag, buddy. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I think that's, uh, this I think this stuff like this is the first step I think into a, a really good place. Uh, I think it's going to get a whole lot a whole lot better from from here on out. And uh, and as for I just personally I just hope that that the whole film thing state keeps going to where I don't I hope we're not doing the podcast one day. I was like yeah well it looks like Kodak's discontinuing another film this mm-hmm. week. And I hope you know I don't want to get down to that because I remember when that yeah. stuff was happening. And uh, as long as we can keep that from happening and. Uh, but I guess if it does happen, uh, I don't know. I, I hope that I'm still here to report on it and try to keep people into it. So, you know, I, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Andre, uh, what is a, a question that you would have liked me to have asked that I didn't? Um, I guess like it was actually a question that I, I, I sort of asked 
in in some form or another uh tim ryugo when i met him uh extensively for the for the first time the 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 technical first time was when he almost ran me and brian over in the parking lot of freestyle and then uh and then kind of tossed at us from the from the window of his car a a brick each of of p3200 um but the the first time that i actually got a chance to sit down and and talk with him was uh at um recently actually at at, uh, what was it called the the one in Vegas the uh, WPPI. WPPI yeah and I kind of asked him uh, you know what what can be done to kind of get more young people into film not just as shooters but in terms of of a career path and do you see uh, mm. you know a career in film photography not necessarily as a photographer but on the business side something that is going to grow. Um, he, he definitely had some, some interesting answers and, uh, I was very lucky to have kind of explained the, the route that I took with the, the, the unpaid internship at Sinistel. And I, th- I hope, at least I, I really do hope that that kind of opened his eyes a little bit as to kind of what that could look like, uh, for, for Kodak Alaris. But I think the, the question is a really interesting one because there's so many, areas of the film photography industry nowadays that I think a lot of people don't think about when you have everything from, you know, small, uh, independent brands like, uh, Cosmo photo and Mm -hmm. street candy, which are, you know, mainly kind of one man operations up to the level of someone like Cinestill and Lomography, a little bit bigger, but also relatively uh, small teams working on um, on film stocks and chemistry and uh, you know products to aid within the entire workflow. You've got uh, the the Kickstarter uh, route with folks like Pixelator, yep. um, Ethan Moses over at Camera Dactyl. So yeah. although it, it may not be the most kind of traditional career path where you know, you're going in and, you know, applying to a company with a a really, you know, well-defined structure. I do think that there is a lot of opportunity, especially for young people at these, in many cases, small, but extremely passionate uh, businesses. Uh, Another one that I want to mention is, is, uh, you know, Paul McKay over at Analog Wonderland. They're doing everything from, you know, social media management and content creation to, you know, business development and logistics and fulfillment. There's opportunities for people of so many different backgrounds to apply the transferable skills that they have within an industry that they care a lot about. That's exactly what I tried to do when I uh, was kind of approaching the latter portion of my college career and I couldn't be happier. Uh, obviously I like to see this industry grow and I like to think that like my skin really is in the game now because it is my livelihood. And so the, the, the pressure is kind of on, um, and, and things like, you know, film stocks being discontinued or, or, you know, company X, Y, Z introducing new film stocks, like, you know, that, that affects me on a extremely personal, uh, level, uh, both, you know, good competition wise and you know us 
bemoaning the the loss of film stocks from folks like Fuji. So yeah. I really do encourage uh, people, whether they are young and that they're listening, I, I really do hope that you have a lot of young listeners, Bill, but also yeah. to, to people, you know, more of y'all's age, like as you guys, you know, interact with nieces and nephews and, and, and children, get them interested in film, get them to realize that, you know, a career in this industry is possible. And if there's anything that I can do to help, you know, young people see that, like, you know, you can make a living out of this, like, please, please, please reach out to me. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic answer. I think, um, you guys are definitely doing an awesome job. Um, and I think the, the influence that, um, you guys are doing, um, and all of the other podcasts, um, are doing a fantastic job of spreading the, I don't want to say the idea because it's not so much an idea, but the reality of community of the, of film photography, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like we know people that, you know, just by communicating with us, right? You know, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and um and it's 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 so much fun. Like we, the way that we started this off, we we started this episode off, you know, as you know, at least you guys are strangers to me, but like as if we've been shooting the shit for honestly you know this, this is the truth you know and um and that's really cool and you don't get that in in the digital photography like and, and i don't want to do a film versus digital conversation or anything along those lines it's but, okay you can do it <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, in all honesty i have in the 10 years that i've been a photographer i have never felt more at home than than this past five years to be honest yeah. with you you mm-hmm. know i agree um, i agree so it's been fun i've met so many more people now um and with the photo walks all the events like that Kodak professionals put together uh i've met so many people doing this podcast um ha- meeting you guys you know it, it has been a very fun ride and it would take a lot for me to walk away from this. I you agree. Know, I um, agree. You yep. know, it, it's, it's infectious. Um, mm-hmm. So, but um, on that note, I think I will leave it with that. And um, I want to go ahead and change things up the way we close this episode. I'm going to try to figure out how we can do these crossover closeouts. Cause I have no idea how the hell to do this. Um, so I will go ahead and let you guys close out with your closeout on my show. So uh, how do you guys close that out? Well, you can see uh, my photography uh, on Instagram at gutterman photo. Uh, obviously the negative positive podcast is on all your podcast platforms and definitely think about joining the uh, negative positives film photography podcast facebook group uh almost 3500 very active very cool members and uh and so yeah check that out and uh that's it uh <laughs> you can see my 66 percent film photography 33 percent watch uh content over at instagram at andre on film uh yeah i think that's it right <laughs> yeah, i think it's it so uh everybody thanks for listening and uh, <laughs> 
We'll talk to you again soon. <laughs> All right, everybody stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. Dang it. <laughs> uh, well done, gentlemen. Well done. <laughs> <laughs>